Welcome to Inspiring Legal, the podcast for in-house legal. Get insights, learn from peers, life lessons from some of the most influential GCs. If it's related to in-house legal, we cover it. For more inspiration, go to openly.com slash community. Welcome to Inspiring Legal. Uh, my name is Stine and I am the podcast host. You've met me before and sometimes we have guests on the show. Today, what we're going to be talking about, you and I, are how to get approval for scaling your legal and privacy team in times of crisis or in times of budget restraints. Well, it's not always super easy. Uh, but what often happens in times like these are that you're asked to work, as always. Legal is a team that is never in lack of assignments and tasks. But what you're also asked to do is do more with the same resources. Budgets are often cut, meaning new uh, uh, FTEs or full-time headcounts aren't just granted. So with the amount of work coming in, and that remains nothing but stable, sometimes increased, you need to figure out how to work smarter. And if you don't have tool support, as an example, well, that can be super difficult because you can't just take on more work. You already, or at least I was, and I know so many of the community members are, stretched for time, stretched for resources. So what do you do? Well. If you're sitting there and thinking, I need some kind of tech support within that area that we have pains uh, with, that could be privacy, that could be contract management. Well, in these times, you need to think about building a business case. And what I mean by that? Well, I mean, I would do an ROI calculation, return on investment, meaning what do I get out of buying this tool? What benefits will this give to the organization? And in these times, well, it's not only about just increasing, and when I'm saying just, I don't mean just, right? But it's not just about increasing compliance. It's not just about getting contracts signed faster or minimizing the likelihood for errors. What you need to do if it's the CFO that are part of the sign-off process for new tools, well, you need to speak his language. And his language is numbers. It's cost. It's cold facts. It's not easy to work with the CFO. But the good part is they're not emotionally driven. They're number-driven people. So if you speak numbers, well, they understand what you're saying. So in these times, I would do an ROI calculation. And what do I mean by that? Well, the way I'm going about it normally is I would take and say, okay, this tool, let's say that is costing 6,000 euros, just saying something random. I would look at how much work one person in the in-house legal team is using, like how many hours. Let's say that that person is on average using 100 hours a year. Well, you know what your salary is or what the team member's salary is. And so you can divide and figure out what, how much those uh, 100 hours 
are costing. And if you get that tool and you save those hundred hours, well, of course that and that uh, equals to some kind of savings. Well, that's something your CFO will will of course uh, be happy about. But that's not enough. I would also see are there other benefits and gains that you can try to con uh, like do do more concrete uh, calculations on. So let's say that you can also see that uh, not only would you save time in the legal team, but if that means that sales deals could close faster, that gains revenue faster. And that again is something that the CFO likes. Well, everybody likes that in a company, but especially the CFO and the sales chief commercial, of course. So I would do that also in my ROI calculation. I would also add in if there are other productivity gains. It could also be that you would save other types of costs that could be, for example, external lawyers. So if you take a privacy platform like ours, some of the things that people sometimes are saving on is the external law firms that they would be using. I would add that into my, um, my calculation as well. And then you have other uh, elements and benefits, and that could be if you're using time on manual tasks, let's say that you're looking at a contract management system, and that process could be much more streamlined, it's automatic, that contracts are updated. Well, another benefit, another gain would be that you might be saving 10, 50 hours, I don't know, a year on those types of manual tasks. And that, of course, is also something that is saving time. So let's say all of a sudden with that calculation, and I would do it in a spreadsheet. Hey, we have to use the tool that the CFO likes the best, right? And so I would do that there. And ideally, you would have a positive return on your investment. If you don't, well, then it's difficult to argue that that tool is, is required then it's more of a nice to have than a need to have. But if all of a sudden you can show that you are able to save what's the equivalent of half a headcount, maybe even a full headcount, and that you're paying, let's say, 6,000 euros a year for it, well, all of a sudden, that isn't the most difficult then calculation for the CFO to do. He can sit there and think, okay, so I can pay 6,000 for this tour, and I actually get half an FTE, a full-time headcount. That is much more than 6,000 euros a year, right? And hence, all of a sudden, you get the ability to scale your team with the same resources, but now done in a way where it's not only saving you that half headcount or giving you that half headcount free, you can also scale. So when the workload increases even more, your team members are stretched. And what's also important to measure, uh, or maybe not measure, that was the wrong word, but to keep in mind is that these manual assignments, these types of tasks aren't motivating. And if you're losing an employee because of those types of tasks, you're losing much more. You're losing people that know your business, people that are integrated, people that understand it in ways that new people will take months to get to the same level of. So there is that benefit too. And in, in times of crisis, 
Of course, it's more difficult to find a job. But there's still jobs out there. And if you have good people, or you are one of those, it's not difficult to find another job. So, getting those tools to scale can both in the long run save money, save or at least free up resources, and increase the motivation of your tool, uh, team. Sorry. So what I would do, long story short, do a business case, build an A, a ROI calculation. So when you have that conversation with your CFO, you're prepared, you know exactly what to ask for and why you're asking for it and what the benefits are and what the productivity gains are. And the likelihood of you getting that tool just increases dramatically. In the community, um, as part of it, it's all about sharing and caring. Um, I have a, uh, a template that I used when I was managing in-house legal teams. So if you want that, well, it's part of the sharing and caring. Just write either to Charlotte, the community manager we have um, on LinkedIn, or if you have my email, feel free to do so, and we'll share it. Um, so that was it for today. I hope this was insightful. And we'll be in touch on another episode. Take care. Thank you so much for listening in to Inspiring Legal. Remember to subscribe. And if you want more information, you can always go to openly.com slash community. That was openly.com slash community.